Hi everyone, welcome to the show. This is Talha Bhatti. With me is Meryl Suret. And today on our Shipshape podcast, we have a very special guest. Her name is Maya Plot, and she has uh, her own cupcake business now, making uh, alcohol-infused cupcakes. Um, she's been a lawyer. She's doing law school as well. But the reason she's on our show today is because she is also, in the meantime, managing a marina full-time and uh, had a detailing company for boats before that. And so today we're going to just uh, meet her and ask her questions and see what she's got to offer to people trying to join in the industry. So welcome to the show, Maya. Hey, thanks for having me. Great to have you there. So maybe why don't you just start by sort of giving us a little rundown about, you know, what you've been doing the last few years. So, um, yeah, I've been working in the marina industry. I've was doing outside labor for the last 10 years, and on, in the la- over the last few years, I've moved inside, um, you know, doing the admin management side of it more. So, yeah, so now I'm running an entire marina. So I never thought that would happen, but here we are. So when you say you manage a marina, what exactly does that entail? <laughs> what doesn't it entail? <laughs> um, <laughs> I do everything with contracts, transients, monies, um, you know, any issues that come up with the boaters, um, <laughs> you know, and some of the boaters can be finicky, you know, <laughs> so a mm. um, lot, lot to appease there. So, yeah, it's just kind of kind of playing teacher and principal and, you know, manager and, and therapist, <laughs> just kind of doing it all. And how was um, the shift from actually, like, working on the boats to being a, you know, manager of a marina? Obviously, there had to have been a, um, you know, learning curve to it, right? Well, I come from management. I've been in management for a long time in some sort of supervisor role for, I would say, at least the last 20 years. So mm-hmm. it wasn't yeah. really it wasn't really much of a transition. Um, I tend I get bored easily, as you can tell by Tala's introduction, all the things that I'm doing. So it's I've always, you know, I. For a couple of years, I want to do physical labor, so then I'll be on the boats, and then I cry. I don't want to do that anymore. I want to be in the office and climate control, and so I do that a couple of years, and I get bored of that. So it's <laughs> it's a constant back and forth. So if I can find balance of doing labor, which the cupcakes really give me that, and then you know I can have the admin focus in the marina. I mean, it kind of mm-hmm. gives me that balance that I require. Best of both worlds, then. So you mm-hmm. absolutely at home, and then you come to the office, and you get your it's not a cubicle. It's an office office. So you get your little, you know, office with a view and, right? Yeah, but my desk is right next to the window. So I, I see everybody coming to and from. Um, we, uh, it's actually a little funny. We have, um, as Tala knows, there is a, a key fob or a fob situation to get into the main office. It, like That leads into my office. And um, so the, the guys that I know, they'll come up to my window, and I just hand them my set of keys so they can have my fob, so they can get in, so I don't have to get out, get up out of my out of my desk or get away from my desk. <laughs> and so then, part of your sort of marina experience, did you like have to dock any like boats, big boats even? Um, you mean like just where I was kind of crew grabbing lines, or like where I was driving that? Well, I I bet at a marina, you know, uh, depending on how big the marina is, everybody gets involved, and depending on how big the boat is. Um, no, I really the best I can say is that I, you know, kind of grabbed lines and tied off boats and things like that. Drove boats when I was younger. My grandfather owned boats, but mm. that was 
the only time I've ever driven them. So, so tell us more about it. So how, like you, is that when you sort of got your first sort of inkling of the marine? I grew up, I grew up in Michigan, um, mm-hmm. and we moved around, but no matter where we moved in Michigan, we always lived um, in a coastal town. So I was always exposed to boats. My mom wasn't really an outdoor kind of mom, but um, all my friends' parents were. Mm-hmm. And so I was exposed that way. And, of course, weekends with the grandparents, I was always out on my grandfather's boats. Um, I remember one time he had just gotten a pontoon boat, and he, had, of course, had all of his friends out on there, and I was the only kid. And so there's, you know, that, like, little platform towards the the bow of the boat like there's a little door and then like just like a couple foot platform in the front of a pontoon boat uh-huh do you know what i'm talking about i think so yeah 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 okay, okay there's, so one, right? there's a door in front of them yeah we just have to let yeah 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 and it's just a little platform yeah, yeah. so um <laughs> so one of the women had the idea that she was going to um sunbathe on that little platform so oh, all cool. the women of course had to like come to the bow of the boat to see what she was talking about and the bow of the boat, the bow oh, of the pontoon yeah. went into the water, and the bass oh, that came boy. out, and my grandfather had some choice words to say. All the women freaked out, oh, ran back to the God. middle of the boat, and the boat leveled out. That was probably one of the scariest that's, moments of my life. That's one of the funniest stories I've ever heard as well. <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah, I used to drive so his cool. power boat, and, um, you know, he... My grandfather lived on the water, so all of his neighbors had boats also, so it was no big thing for us kids to take the boats out. Mm. So we were, you know, I remember being a 10-year-old, you know, out there on the water, on the lake by myself. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. That's quite I mean, I don't know. <laughs> As an adult looking back, probably not awesome. So. <laughs> not the best idea now, right? No. But, you know, my the funny bit is, like, I was reading somewhere the other day, and this was somebody who had, like, sailed off from, like, England or something and just would, like, go along the coast and come back, like, you know, at sunset or a few days later or whatever. And... That person was like, I would never let my child do that now. Yeah, it's funny how times change. Well, yeah, because yeah. you reflect back and you don't, you're not quite as responsible and you don't have quite the regard for, like, yeah. repercussions, like, physical repercussions. Yeah, yeah, and this was back in the day when, obviously, there was no GPS or this or that or anything. Oh, back in the day when we all rode in the bag of pickup trucks, 70 <laughs> miles per hour down the interstate. Yep, okay. That so was my life in northern Michigan. Oh, okay. so, so you seen the marine industry then for you know years and years how how has it evolved um well i don't i can't really say that i from my from where i'm standing that it really has um i've been doing you know i've been doing restoration work on boats um for about 10 years now but mm. i it really hasn't changed even for me going from being on the labor side of it to the admin side of it it's it it seems like the same um I'm more privy to boat issues and traveling in boats now since I've um, come to this marina, Um, you know, but I think that's more of the friendships that I've procured. Like, Mm -hmm. I love my boaters. Like, you guys are, yeah, (laughs) I wouldn't trade you guys for anything. Well, a few of you, but. (laughs) 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 but I guess one of the changes, and, and, and maybe again, like your marina is a good one to talk to about this, is that, is there like a change just in terms of, more of an online presence. Like I know you guys work with Dakwa for a lot of things. You know, is, oh, is yeah, 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 yeah. I'm glad you pointed that out. So um, I do see where where things where the marine industry is evolving. The marina industry is evolving. 
where we do have that online platform, and I won't allow any boats to come in unless that reservation has been made and, you know, that is, and it's been proved by myself or my dockmaster because we can't – there's – there's too much of a risk of just verbally saying, yes, you can come in and we'll, you know, do the paperwork in-house. What if I can't find them? You know, that's a, that's a big risk for my company. So um, they are required to do that. And I do get the occasional, and I say that to say this, I do get the occasional older person that, you know, they, they'll fight me on it. They'll say, well, I, I don't I do not do that. I, I don't do the stuff what you're talking about. And I was like, well, I don't do your boat. Mm. Oh, boy. I mean, you can't, you can't challenge, I mean, you can challenge policy, policy, but only to an extent, you know, like these, these are our requirements. And if you don't want to, you know, conform, you don't have to come here. And I don't mean to be rude when I say that, but I don't want to have to explain to my, you know, the president of my company why, you know, we didn't get paid for this transaction, you know, just because this guy wanted his way. Mm-hmm. So tell us, so how, how did you get in through, you know, this office stuff? Like so somebody who wanted to get into this industry, eventually manage a marina, how does one start? I think really it's just a culmination of all my past experiences have led me up to this. Um, because, you know, I come from property management, so that gives me contract experience. Um you know, I've done other management admin my whole life. I've, my entire life I've gone back and I've always had some sort of labor job to go with my admin job. I've done both my whole life since mm-hmm. I was a little, little girl. Mm-hmm. So um, I would just say anyone that wants to get into this industry, learn boats. That's going to be the most important, even if you just learn the basics of boats, mm-hmm. um, because that will at least, you know, It'll get you started in the right path, you know. Get any job you can find at a marina. If you're a young, you know, a teenager and you don't think you can get in on the admin side, be a dock hand. Learn the industry Mm -hmm. that way, you know. And then as admin positions come up, apply for that, you know. Start Mm -hmm. anywhere you can because the more you learn, the more valuable you'll become. Mm -hmm. And don't be afraid to sort of get your hands dirty. No, that, you can't. In this industry, you have to be willing to get dirty. I actually have contamination OCD, so oh boy. My, my home is spotless, but when I'm on a boat, I can compartmentalize. So, mm. I, you know, it's, it's a completely different ballgame, but the second I'm done on that boat, I rush home and I scrub myself from head to toe. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking at your resume because I got it on my screen, and, yeah. you know, it goes from – receptionist to office manager to more office manager to call center manager and then all of a sudden it says detailer and stager i'm wondering how exactly you found yourself in the marine industry like obviously there was a time frame from when you were boating as a kid to when you started detailing Actually, it's really funny because um when <laughs> i applied for the detailing position because of my very extensive history of house cleaning. So that's what started that. Um, I actually started cleaning houses um, <laughs> when I was like eight or nine years old. I started organizing my mom's friends' houses for money and stuff like that. And, yeah, they um, they went nuts for it. I mean, I take toothbrushes to crevices. I don't mess around when it comes to cleaning. So, yeah, so I just kind of had that background, and so it just transferred over to boats. And so they're like, all right, <laughs> we're going to show you some boat products, and I'm a quick learner, and it just 
it took off from there. And then, um, so I started with the uh, Virginia Yacht Brokers um, doing detail and um, staging, which is what you referenced, Mel. And so, um, so when I was there, someone had given me a canoe, but there was a whole, uh, no, excuse me. I'm getting ahead of myself with my story. I apologize. So let me just back up. So, um, but yeah, so that's how I initially got into boating. What, you know, the, the detailing and then, you know, it, you know, then of course took off to more advanced things, restoration, like fiberglass and, uh, teak and painting, things like that. Did you, um, have a team or did you do it all yourself? It was myself and two other guys, two young guys. Um, I was about 18 years their senior. And were so, you working with them or were they working for you? Oh, no, no. We we were equals. Okay, okay. You guys were all working for another company. Yeah, I was the only one that did staging, though. Like, they did um, the detail cleaning with me. So, that was um, more about staging. What, what is staging? Staging is just making it presentable for pictures and things like that. How would how would you know somebody wanting to get into that profession? How'd they do that? That would I mean that would probably be someone that would that had some sort of interior decorating um, niche, you know, kind of wanted to go in that direction. Um, I enjoy it. Um, I would brag that my apartment's very cutely decorated. <laughs> so I I think it's just people who have a niche for it. Then I mean just go. Anyone that's interested in staging, they're staging for houses for sale. Um, you know. RV places do staging. You mm-hmm. just go there, and I would imagine just apply, and they would be, do you have what it takes? They're going to scoop you up because presentation, yeah. as we all know, is is the key to capitalism. Yep, yep. And what you say totally makes sense. Like, one would think, you know, for houses and for RVs, like, you know, like, duh. But, like, for boats, like, it makes sense the same way. Is that the more, the prettier you dress it up, the more you'd be able to sell your boat for yeah, the, because the key is, and well, at least it was for the Virginia Yacht Brokers, is to make the boat look brand new. That was my goal. And then you got into doing fiberglass and all this other type of stuff? So, yeah, so that's funny. So while I worked there, um, my boyfriend at the time, for I believe it was his birthday, I decided um, I planned this big, huge camping trip with all of his friends. It was a secret, and I had bought him a canoe. And so... <laughs> Come to find out, there's a hole in the canoe. We found out when we launched the canoe, and it was taking oh, on boy. water. <laughs> That's a great time to find that. That's how I discovered it. I, I went over it with a fine to Like, I, I went over this canoe so well, and, oh, I'm very detail-oriented, trust me. And I did not see any issues, but we were taken on water. It was a disaster. <laughs> I mean, luckily it was a very tiny body of water, but we were taking on water so quick, and we had, like, a six-pack with us, and the cooler, and ice, and we didn't, like, put it all together. We were going to do it on, like, in the boat. (laughs) So we tried to rescue all of our stuff, and we're taking on water. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And that's how... So anyway, That's so, into what? <laughs> well, no, but here's the crazy thing. So we get it out of the water, and I'm telling you, I go over this thing. He, well, you know, once we get it home and all that. But, like, so I'm going over this thing. He's going over this thing. There is nothing wrong with this canoe. So then we decide, okay, maybe, you know, maybe we when he got in the canoe, maybe he, you know, we, if we took out a little bit of water then, right? And so we mm. were sure at this point because there was nothing wrong with the canoe. So then I'm like, you know what? We hate this canoe. Now we reset this canoe. We're going to get a John boat and sell this canoe. Okay. And so these guys come the morning of 4th of July, right? 
I have put it on Craigslist. I'm like, I swear there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> like, we just don't want it. We want it to have boat. Yeah. <laughs> These guys, two seconds, they look at this boat. <laughs> and they find the f- hole in the keel after two seconds. <laughs> I have no idea how this could possibly happen. I spent so much time going over this boat. So I tell them, I'm like, you know what? I apologize for wasting your time. I swear I checked this boat. I obviously am not going to sell it to you. Please do not think that I was trying to get one over on you because I honestly thought that my ex-boyfriend was just an idiot and he, you know, took on water when he was getting on the boat because I couldn't <laughs> find anything wrong with it. <sighs> so, <laughs> Did you get a John boat after anyway. that? Did you get upgrade, get the John boat? Oh, but wait. So I go to um, – so when I worked for Virginia Yacht Brokers, it, their, um, their uh, offices are at the Atlantic Yacht Basin, so there's a store and everything. So I was the only girl that was running around the Atlantic Yacht Basin, so that was pretty cool. So I got a lot of stuff for free once I started doing something. <laughs> um, so I go into the store, and I get a fiberglass patch kit, and I decide I'm going to try my skills at um, fiberglass, right, so I can patch the canoe. I should have sent you guys before and after pictures of the canoe. Um, But, yeah, I learned that I am very, very good at fiberglass work. It was perfect. Mm. So then um, I started – I've always been good at painting. I like painting houses and stuff. So the first opportunity I got to paint the bottom of a boat, I did that. And um, my lines Mm. are perfect. I have all those pictures of all all those um, boats. But, Mm. uh, yeah, so I just had had a niche for it, and then – I got I got hired by a guy who has a Hinkley and a Grady, and part of me getting hired, or I'm sure part of my appeal was that I could do these things to his boat. And so, um, mm. yeah, so here I am eight years later. I quit that job five, year, five years ago, and I still maintain his Hinkley and his Grady. Nice. Yeah, I'm actually going to be on his Hinkley. I'm going to be on his Hinkley tomorrow, actually, for the first time this year. It um, It seems to me that kind of with all marine projects, this seems to be like a common theme is that it ultimately comes down to attention to detail. Like, your success in the industry ultimately relies on, you know, crossing all the T's and dotting all the I's and, you know, paying attention to everything. Yep, absolutely. That is is so important. Mm. So, Maya, tell us about, like, the funnest boat gig you've had. Mm, I mean, when I'm getting off a boat is always the most fun (laughs) I'm getting on a boat. Um, <laughs> oh, I don't know if I have a fun boat story, but I have a disastrous boat story oh, that's boat. pretty yeah. entertaining. Well, we if you like want that, story. we love disasters. <laughs> you want that? Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> okay. Um, that was the next question. <laughs> <laughs> so the Hinkley, um, I and there was a gas spill on the Hinkley, so I was cleaning that up, and I had I slipped on fuel, and I was bleeding. And I was bleeding all over the boat, so I decided that I was going to, you know, get the hose and clean up. So I didn't get off the boat to go get the hose, and I'm spraying myself in the face. And there's just blood and gasoline everywhere, and now I'm blind because I sprayed myself at full force in the face with a hose, with, you know, a spigot. So I got off the boat, and I I just left with the fuel <laughs> and the blood and the hose draped down the yeah. aspect. Um, I, I completely checked out and just left. Mm. And then what happened? <laughs> it was miserable. Yikes. Yikes. Okay. And then a good story as well? Do we have a good one? Um, um, I mean, I don't mean to be all dark and stuff. I don't know if I necessarily <laughs> have. Like, 
I mean, I maybe your favorite boat story, like maybe your favorite like time out there. Was it all the way back from like when you were a kid, or is there a recent like sail sail adventure that you had a lot of fun? <laughs> yes, I refer to it as scary sailing. Um, have you heard this story, Tala, of me going scary sailing? I don't no? think so. No. So going out on. Uh, and my dockmaster's boat with a bunch of his friends. Well, I mean, I knew some of them, too. But And um, this is only my second time out sailing. The first time was also on his boat. But it was quite the calm day in comparison that first time. <laughs> so, but you said this is supposed to be a good story. I don't know that this is a good story. <laughs> and so um, we were uh, keeled over is that the term. I don't know sailing that well. Keeled over, like where our boat was knocked over. over, like, 45 degrees, anybody? Healed. Healed over? Okay. Uh, yeah, so we were healed over uh, quite far, and I was just white knuckle in the bimini because it's my second time sailing, and we're at a 45-degree ankle. So that was a recent sailing story, but, again, kind of a dark one. I'm yeah, sorry. and those guys, I mean, that sounds like this is dark for you, but those guys are probably having the time of their lives. So like, oh. they, were, <laughs> <right? laughs> they were having a blast. They're like, Maria, just have a drink. I was like, no. I'm like, I think somebody should be somewhere <laughs> when the boat capsizes. <laughs> oh, boy. But it's weird because I, I just associate boats with work now. Like, when I was younger, it was boats were just this amazing fun thing that just happened but as an adult that's no longer my experience i had a really funny idea the other day for a um for a boating sticker for my mini that said something about boats equal work or something it it wasn't that basic it was quite clever i just can't remember what it was yeah well bust out another thousand something like that right you got to work for that thousand oh yeah yeah I'm interested in hearing kind of what the day-to-day of being a manager of a marina entails. I I feel like from all my experiences dealing with my marina managers, I give them like, you know, a wrath of shit, like probably too many times. And I feel like that's the general theme of all these like people that own boats just showing up at the marina, you know, making demands of certain things. I'm probably the exception to that. I definitely do not want to sound conceited or anything, but I, 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 my boaters love me. Like Why? they completely have my back. Well, because I have. Why do you think that? Why do I think that? Um, mm. I think because they know that you know I go to bat for them. They know that um, I have people that I answer to, and that I don't. You know, I can't always make everything happen for them, but they know that I do absolutely everything that I can for them. They do but, not uh, help that. I'm showered with gifts and things all the time. I mean, that just shows their appreciation. What's the strangest request that you've received at the marina? Oh, gosh, the strangest request. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'll stew on that for just a second, but I will answer. I will give you a generic answer for now. It was this contradictory situation, <laughs> and it was a little ridiculous, but I had asked um, these boaters to put their dog on a leash. In addition to ignoring me after I had asked like three times, they continued to complain about how other people handle their dogs and how they don't follow the rule while they stood in front of me and directly disobeyed a rule. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They complained (laughs) about other people disobeying the rules about their dogs. So that was a little bizarre (laughs) that they didn't see that, you know. It's always something different. Every day is new. 
Well, one of the funny things I've seen kind of with these, like, chain, it's like these rules at the marina in states. Like, at our marina, they didn't have rules such as no biking on the docks, right? You know, that didn't happen until a bunch of people started just biking across the docks on their, like, little bicycles. And then uh, the marina instated this rule that was like, no bites. So everyone had to stop that. And then all of a sudden, some people started rollerblading on the docks. And the <laughs> marina had to send out an email being like, there's a new rule that you can't rollerblade on the dock. And, you know, all these strange things that they have to come up with because people do crazy things. And, Meryl, because of your because of your education, you have to see it. You have to see that for what it is. You have to see the marina's validity in that claim because, like, that is a huge freaking liability. Hmm. Well, I don't work for the marina, so I'm always just waiting for something. <laughs> well, I mean, that's fair. I guess it is kind of like you're agreeing with your enemy kind of a thing. But, <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know, like, I would freak out because I'm constantly – but, again, I care about my voters. So, for me, like, it's I'm in a constant state of worry about – you know, safety and are that, you know, is my corporate office taking care of them the way they're supposed to be? But that's just kind of who I am as a person. You know, I'm in that role. They're all depend. I have like a hundred people dependent upon me in the off season. That's not counting all the transients that are dependent upon me. Of course, and my doc master, I have an awesome partner in my doc master, but it's just, it, it can be a lot. Do you ever have any like, uh, people that show up super drunk and start crashing into things is that ever happen at the marina? <laughs> I, I hear stories. I, I mean, I hear, I hear stories, but I don't, know, I don't know if it's a drunk thing as much as a as a can't drive thing. I watched. I remember. I remember hanging out in um one of the boaters' boats, and we were sitting there, and he was showing me like everything he'd been doing to his boat. And then all of a sudden, I look out of the um the hatch, and I see this sailboat like coming down the fairway, like. A, like a ping pong ball, and I was like, oh, no, and I went around it out, and it's, it was a French couple, right, and he can't drive, it's windy, they should not have been moving at this time, wrong winds, too windy, and so they're just like a ping pong ball, just, like, just smashing off one boat oh, to the next, boy. like, on their way up to the seawall, <laughs> and oh, so, but, and so they're French, they, I've spoken to, you know, I had spoken to them, so I knew they barely spoke English, where I was using a translator with them, so everybody comes out off the dock that's hanging out drinking beers and stuff, and they're all screaming at them, trying to give them direction. Meanwhile, all they're doing is screaming at them in a, you know, in a foreign language, which <laughs> is <laughs> probably not helping anything. So, yeah, so that was probably the most devastating one that I actually witnessed myself. But it just had, it was just bad decision making. It was not, um, I don't think alcohol was a contributing factor mm. at all. No alcohol, okay. And am I tell us just more about you, Marina. Tell us more about like the neighborhood. Like, what do you have? You traveled? Do you want to travel? Are you going to stay in that sort of area? Yeah, the location of my marina is definitely in high demand. Um, it's there's five other marinas in in our creek. One of them is a military base. Um, or excuse me, oh. five plus military base. We were the only marina doing transients, and now there is a marina a little further up the creek, um, opposite side of us, that just started taking transients in the summer. But we're still going to be in a situation where, you know, we have to turn people away because we just can't accommodate them. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a good it's a good location. Uh, we have the – it was two marinas that got merged into one, and it was purchased – 
three, about three years ago, I think it is now. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I work, I don't work for the owners. I work for the, mad, the managing company. Mm-hmm. But they developed condos. So there used to be a uh, dry, dry boat storage there, and they had a lift and everything, and they got rid of all that. And now there's condos. But it's definitely a an improved neighborhood. I've lived in this neighborhood almost 20 years. Um, you know, I moved here from Michigan about 20 years ago, mm-hmm. and so it, you, where the marina is now, it's all an, it's all new development, and there's a lot of money put into that neighborhood. And oddly enough, 20 years ago, it was ghetto. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. the kind of ghetto you know that you <laughs> that you yeah, see on TV. Interesting. And yeah, yeah. So it's funny to see all the money that got put into it and how they built it up. So, so you mentioned it was high demand. Why, why do you think it was, it's a high demand location? This is going to kind of show my boating ignorance a little bit because I don't actually go out and boat. You know what I mean? But I think it has something to do with where we are located along the ICW. I believe that's true. And I don't know that there's probably a lot of marinas um, here in the Chesapeake Bay like that. Mm-hmm. So those are probably contributing factors. I feel a little bit silly for not knowing the answer, like, you know, mm-hmm. that'd be a more confident answer. There's obviously a huge target for sailboaters is just a playground. Um, yeah, I wonder, I wonder what that's about because I'm going to, um, you know, I'm starting to read more on sailing and things like that because I, I came more from power boating. So that's why I didn't even know that healing term. So, um, but, yeah, I noticed a lot of sailboaters come through there. A lot of catamarans. Mm-hmm. Oof. Hmm. I didn't know so many catamarans existed. So Maya, it sounds like you have like you're definitely like an entrepreneur at heart. Remember, like all the way back at age eight, you were charging your mom's friends, <laughs> right? And that that yeah, definitely yeah. sounds like you didn't want to ask for your pocket money or be dependent on anybody. You were just like, I want to do my thing. I know how to do it. and I'll do it. Give us a little I bit more. I didn't want to be that. dependent upon anybody. Yeah. I saw that that wasn't necessarily that that didn't necessarily work. I saw that you know that that line of thinking fail with adults a lot. So mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. adopt the self you know being self sufficient kind of. So tell us more about that. So it started all the way back then with like cleaning houses, and now you're you're in the cupcake industry. Tell us what happened in between, and then tell us more about the cupcake industry. I think I mentioned earlier, I've always had just kind of like, I've worked. I've always had just little side jobs. So that's what um, I mean. like, was there any other entrepreneurial stints in the middle or was that way back and then this one was the next one, like years later? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I would have to say, you know, I did that when I was younger and then just had, you know, regular jobs. Um, mm. And then I had, you know, my own boat um, restoration mm. gig for about 10 years, ship shape, same as y'all's um, name. No yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why wow. you get. That's that's why you befriended me, so that way you don't see your pants <laughs> off. That's what that is. <laughs> nice. And is there still so anyway, in, I just decided to go somewhere else to see you bake some cupcakes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not um, more about baking. Yeah. So um, I'm old. Um, I don't look it, but I feel it, and I'm tired, and so I want to get out of boating, um, or at least you know the labor side of it. I just want to. You know, at most, being a little sundress on a friend's boat in the summertime, having a cocktail. That's what I would prefer to associate my boating life with now. Mm-hmm. Um, because, well, and now, so now I'm in climate control doing labor. So <laughs> I've meshed the two worlds. Um, and so I've been baking for years. I've always baked and cooked. Um, 
I kind of like doing everything. I get bored very easily, so I have a lot of abilities and skills. So I think just because of that, because I get so bored. So I've been making, just for fun and at friends' request, I've been ba- making alcohol-infused baked goods. And then I'm the person that puts thought into action. Um, and so one day, I'm walking around downtown with my ex-boyfriend, and we... I said, I don't know why I don't, why I'm not on a professional level with my cupcakes. I probably should do that because I'm pretty sure I would control the monopoly. And that was probably more, more of a turn on for me than anything. Being able to say you control monopoly in 2022 is pretty freaking impressive. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I just kind of went after it and it was, it was quite challenging, um, having to go through, I had to submit I had to do a, an application that took me about 20 hours to complete and send that to the USDA. I had the government in my house inspecting oh. my house, which was mm. fine because they're just like, oh, it's so adorable in here. I was like, thanks. <laughs> you know, like I kind of had to, kind of to force them into the inspection almost. Mm. I probably shouldn't say that, but, mm. um, but I was, you know, overly prepared for them, um, as I always am. And so it, it took six months. I had to obtain culinary permits, and all the while I'm in the legal studies program at ODU, and I'm running a marina, and, you know, I binge-watching, you know, chick flicks, you know, all the while. So How do you infuse cupcakes with alcohol or just baking goods? Is it like a jelly, you know? Or? Um, no. So I use raw alcohol in my baking. So only one of my cakes actually has alcohol in it that's cooked, but it really doesn't cook the Guinness out. Um, and then the rest of the alcohol is added raw either to a ganache or a frosting. But it's not as simple as just adding alcohol to baked goods because I'm sure you know baking is a science, so you start adding alcohol that's affecting the science. So, you know, the mo- there's a huge molecular change that occurs once you add alcohol. It does a lot of things to, you know, sugar and butter and flour. And so it took a long time to build these recipes, but I have, I offer five cupcakes and a bread. I had to eventually have more, but it, I had to send samples of all of my, each of the cupcakes and the bread to Virginia Tech. And they had to do alcohol analysis because I had to be within a certain range for uh for ABC to sign off on it. So I sent it all to them at 50 bucks a pop. So, I mean, I was already in it for 300 bucks just on testing those six things, you know. So, I mean, I had already paid for, you know, a lot, a lot of things before I became legal. So I threw a lot of money at it prematurely. So I was just trying to, trying to watch myself at that point. And so do you want to know the five cupcakes in the bread that I have? Mm. Um, I have an Irish car bomb cupcake a pina colada cupcake, a strawberry tequila rose cupcake, a Irish coffee cupcake, which is my favorite, and a vanilla bourbon cupcake that is actually I'm, I made for my dentist. Um, his wife called me and asked me to make him cupcakes for his birthday, and I built that from scratch for him. Um, and it's funny because I could never show up to the dentist without cupcakes. They will not see me unless I have cupcakes in my hand yep. at my dentist. How funny is that? Um, and then I make... Bailey's banana bread. So how many cupcakes would it take to get a sailor drunk? <laughs> you'd, you'd be sick off the cupcake long before you'd get drunk. 
<laughs> That's true. Now there is no. I can go up to the next tier of alcohol that I can have in my baking, but then I have to ID. Right now, I don't have to ID, but I don't know that I would want to put that much alcohol. I think it would be gross. And so, are you are you selling these online? Where can people find them? Um, so my website. I was up till three o'clock in the morning on Friday finishing my website. So that is www.intoxicakes.com, and I'll spell it because it's quite unique. I N T O X I K A K E S dot com and talks of cakes. Mm, cakes with a K. Oh, I like that name. You need a. You get it trademarked. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna pay for that. I already um like I have a really cool logo, Meryl. You'll have to check it out. But um I already paid for like the trademark on that and everything. So I I control. Well, I shouldn't say pay for it. You know I have the rights to it and everything. So I want to jump gears a little, and maybe we can start, like, closing things as well. You you mentioned previously that in one of your board gigs, you were, like, the only woman on the job, right? Um, has that improved since then, even in terms of maybe the liverboards and the people on boats? Are there more women coming into it now? Um, yeah, that's been true pretty much everywhere that I've worked in the boating industry over the last 10 years, inside and out. Yeah, I would say, yeah, it was cool, you know, it was cool at the um, Atlantic Yacht Basin because it was huge and, you know, <laughs> running around in a tank top and little shorts, I got free paint, free fiberglass, all sorts of crap, so that, so that was pretty cool. Um, I'm sure that my current learnings would say that I was being oppressed, but if mm. it meant getting free crap that I didn't have to pay for, that's awfully expensive, whatever, all I was doing was walking around. Um, so, uh, I'm just saying, like, I don't, I don't care. Like, it's, I'm yeah. not going to get all feminist about it. Like, I got a lot of free stuff, so. But is, um, it, is it getting better, though? Like, the. the I, I think it, no, I think it is, um, because I saw at my marina, I was, you know, just walking the docks, and I saw, um, these two girls doing an amazing polishing job on this boat. And I went up and talked to them, and they were just phenomenal. I can't, I can't polish boats. Um, I don't have the strength because of um, I have a plate and bolts in my neck, but um, so it makes my arms weak, and so I can't polish. But I was just just in all over, and it was like, do you all have cards? Because I'm going to pass them out to everybody I know. So again, like you had said, Meryl, it's that it's probably the eye for to to or the um, attention to detail that made them so magnificent at this. I mean, I've seen guys do great work too. Don't get me wrong, but something about their work, um, I didn't. You know, I looked everywhere <laughs> trying to find, you know, where they had missed or it wasn't even or something, and they they were ridiculous. So I'm definitely seeing more girls in the industry, um, more girls living on boats, more girls just being on boats, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, women are definitely showing more of an interest. You have seen uh, couples where the woman, um, the woman is the captain. And the husband is the first mate. Now, I've only seen it a couple of times, and they were definitely alpha females, but um, it was pretty cool. <laughs> it was pretty cool to see them, you know, just kind of take control and, like, you know, be in charge of the boat. They uh, they recently just released a study that said that 2% of the marine industry is women. I would, Yeah, that sounds about right. 2%? Yeah. Yeah. But I bet those numbers start doubling on an annual basis before long. Hmm. And why do you think that is? I I think just like with anything else, women are starting to show more of an interest in male-based hobbies. Um, I've always been, you know, I've always been a tomboy. Um, While I've always been a girly girl, I've always been a tomboy. And other girls were were never interested in 
I was just like, you know, so I just went on with it. But now I'm seeing more women interested. I can, those conversations that I used to only be able to have with the boys, there's no, girls are starting to pop up and I'm able to have those conversations with them. So that's pretty cool to see women starting to sprout up in a male-based industry. And I think that's just what it is. I think we're going to start seeing that everywhere. Nice. So maybe to close with Maya, give us, like a couple of tips for somebody over the course of your entrepreneurial does that put everything together, three tips for success for Maya? I think really, really all success really requires is you have to be determined and you can't be lazy. I mean, if, if success was easy and being your own boss was easy, literally everybody would do it. Um, and then it would make sense because we would just have a whole band of people in charge. So I really think that you just find something that you enjoy. If it's the boating industry, if it's being a sailor, be the best sailor you can be. Maybe go into the Coast Guard. Um, you know, you're going to learn a lot there. My dock master did 20 years, and he is ridiculously impressive behind, uh, you know, at the helm. I almost said behind the wheel, but, you know, at the helm. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, so, I mean, that might be a, a path there. You can always, you know, you can get uh, scholarships and funding from – Oh my gosh, I cannot think of that outboard motor that does the oh my Yamaha. Uh, yeah, Yamaha. Yamaha has yeah. schools and you can <laughs> I just made that up. Yeah, Yamaha, that's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> so but yeah, Yamaha has schools and you can get funding and stuff. You probably have to sign a contract and work for a company, but hey, I mean that's work, you know, un- in your chosen profession. Um, and so there are a lot of opportunities. If you want to detail boats, it's quite therapeutic. Um, I do enjoy just I do washing that. boats, too. It's really therapeutic. Just put some music in your ears, and, you know, you get some sun, and you get paid. <laughs> so it's not too bad of a gag, you know. There's usually sodas and beers. I drink water, but, you know, there's the options usually. So I say, you know, you just have to – I just I I want to do something positive for the world, so that's a big motivator for me. So, but really, anyone, you're only limited by yourself. That's mm-hmm. I mean, what it really comes down to. You're only limited by yourself. So just get out of your own head and do what you want to do, and be the best version of that every single day, because that's what I do, and it seems to work okay. Nice, awesome. So Maya, thank you again for like coming on and just um you know on the way out like if you want to tell uh our listeners where to find you or your marina you already gave us your cupcake info um you can throw that in again if you need to yeah well um, i am the manager of little creek marina um i unfortunately don't know <laughs> what what marker or anything that is because like i said i don't i don't really mm. vote um mm. but we're I'm little creek marina you can find us on dakwa um, you can do a transient, you can do a transient reservation there. Um, if we can fit you, we'll definitely approve you and let you know how to find your slip. And, you know, hopefully we'll hear some of these listeners today will come out and see me at the marina. Well, then, appreciate it, Maya. Thank you so much. Goodbye. You're welcome. Yeah. And we'll be touching base soon then, guys. Take care. Stay tuned. The Ship Shape Podcast.